0: Bibles with me to uh, Hebrews chapter number 13 and Hebrews chapter number 13 and tonight if you saw in the bulletin we're preaching on the key to contentment, <clears throat> the key to contentment and uh, tonight in Hebrews chapter 13 and we'll begin reading in verse number 5 and uh, if you'd all stand with me for the reading of God's word and uh, we'll be reading Hebrews chapter 13 and we'll start in verse number 5. And Hebrews thirteen five it says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday and today and forever. Let's pray. Dear only Father, Lord, we thank you for today, Lord, and we thank you for just a beautiful day, Lord. We thank you for uh, your message uh, preached this morning, Lord, and uh, just uh, for how good you are to us, Lord, and for your love for us. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to, to hear and to listen and to be filled with your Spirit as we Receive your word this evening, Lord, I pray that you fill me with your spirit and with power, and we pray that you'd be honored and glorified in everything that's said and done tonight, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It seems like our world today has just totally lost the concept of contentment. It seems like you look around and all you see is people needing this and people needing that and, and people just needing that bigger and better, newer thing, that, that thing that just everybody else is getting and they just need to have it. And it just seems like today our, our world has totally lost this concept of contentment. I mean, I, I think of the iPod. And that's, I mean, a few years ago it came out and it was a normal sized MP3 player. And, and everybody needed to get one. And then a few weeks, a few months later, the newer iPod came out, and it was a little smaller, it was a little bigger, it had a little bit more memory on it, and, and everybody had to throw their old ones away, because they needed to get the new one. And uh, same thing with the iPhone, and with so many other things, people, they, they see the new, the better thing, and they just, they all have to throw away everything they had before, and get that new thing. And uh, just total, total loss of that concept of contentment. And we think of just uh, like the grass is greener syndrome where, where people think, oh, if I, if I just had this one thing, then, oh, then my life would be perfect. I mean, it, it, my life would be easy if, if I just got this one job or if I, if I just got this, this, one, this one toy or whatever it might be. Man, my life would just be perfect. I wouldn't need anything else in my life if I just got this one more thing. And so many times we think, oh, if, if I just got that one more thing. But we know down deep in our hearts that that's not true. If we get that one thing, then we're going to think, oh, well, well, then I need that other thing. And then, oh, maybe that thing too. And, and it just keeps building on itself. It never sees, uh, has a contentment in our life. It, we we are always chasing that goal, but we never find it. And I think a perfect example of that is just uh, look at your kids when they open their presents at Christmas. I mean, they spend months bugging you and, and just driving you nuts, saying, man, I want this gift, I want this toy, man, I'll do anything if you just give me this toy. And you just go on and on, I know I I did it when I was a kid too, and uh, you just bug your parents over and over again, and then finally your parents, oh, okay, and they get you the gift. And then, I mean, you open it that Christmas morning, you're like, oh, yes, I got that toy, and you're so happy, and, and you're playing with it, and then, then your parents walk in about 10 minutes later, and and uh, they see the toy on the ground on the other side of the room, and, and you're off doing your own thing, and <laughs> your mom and dad ask, why, what are you not, you're not playing with your toy. You're like, oh, well, I'm done with it. I, oh, but you know what I want for my birthday? Man, I need this one toy for my birthday. And, and we just keep on going on and on, needing that next best thing in our lives. And it just it seems like our society today has just totally lost that sense of contentment. But can I ask you, have you, how, how's your contentment been today? How, how's your contentment been lately? How's it been this week? Have you been content like you should have been, or have you found yourself getting caught up in the, the world's game of needing that new, better thing or, or being kind of like your kids on Christmas Day when, when they get that thing they wanted and then they just kind of toss it to the side. H- how's your contentment been lately? H- has it been like it should be? Have you been growing in your contentment and being content and joyous in what God has given you or have you just kind of been needing that next thing and kind of pushing off all the blessings you have looking forward to that one thing you really need? And how's your contentment been lately? Well, tonight I'd like to share with you four keys to remember to help us learn contentment. Four keys to remember to help us learn contentment in our life. I believe the first key we can remember is the conversation of the individual. The conversation of the individual. In verse 5 it says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee. Nor forsake thee. And that conversation, that word conversation in the Bible, it's not just our speech and not just how we talk, but that word, it's speaking of our, our whole manner of life, our whole lifestyle, how we live our life day to day. And our conversation is how we live our life the things we wear, the things we say, the, the, the things we eat, the places we go, the, the, th- the place we live. And, and all of that is, is contained within that word conversation. It's our whole manner of life. And we need to consider our manner of life today. And the word conversation, it means our lifestyle. we need to view our lifestyle in at least two important areas. I believe the first area we need to view our uh, lifestyle is, is we need to be content with what we have. We need to be content with what we have. It says in the verse, and be content with such things as ye have. And we need to be content with what we have. And now, now I could go off on an avenue and and uh, what many people do is saying, oh, well, uh, man, you like what we do with our kid." oh, with, uh, I know my parents did it sometimes with me when I was a kid. When uh, when you're eating, you're eating at the table and you just leave all this food on the plate and you don't finish it. And, and then your parents, oh, you can't, you can't leave all that food. There's all those starving kids in Africa or Asia. And you know what, there are. And we really need to help those kids. But... But I began to think, is, is that why we need to be content and grateful? Is because there's because there's people that don't have? Because there's starving kids around the world? Is is that why we need to be content? And I began to think, well, if that's why, that's kind of a, I mean, that's, there are kids out there that really need to be provided for, but is that why we should be content? And I believe what the Bible teaches is we should not be content because we're not poor and we're not dying, But but we should be content because all that we have is a gift from God. We should be content because everything we have is God-given. It's not because there are other people with less than us or other people with more than us, but we should be content because everything we have has been given to us by God. Everything we've received has been given to us as a gracious gift from Him. And I believe we can see that if you turn in your Bibles with me to First Timothy, in chapter number 6. And in First Timothy, chapter number 6, it speaks about this contentment we should have, and just realizing that everything we have is from God, and we should be content because it is a gift from God. And in uh, 1 Timothy chapter number 6, starting in verse 6, it says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content." And we see there in verse 7, it says we brought nothing into this world and we're not going to take anything with us. It says we we don't have anything in and of ourselves, but God has graciously given us all things. Everything we have is a gift from Him. And we should be content because it is a gift from Him. If you look down the the chapter a little ways, starting in verse 17, and it says in verse 17, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. And that word communicate means to, to give, willing to, to share with others for their need. And it says in verse 19, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. And we can see here in this passage, you know, it's a, it's a fact of life that not everybody has the same amount of everything. It's true, some people have more than others, some people don't have as much as some people have more. but here in the, the word of God it says that we God, the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, and God says that the rich they, they need not to trust in their their uncertain riches because they're a gift from God. they can come just as they've went, or they can go just as they've come, I should say and God has freely and richly given us all things to enjoy. And we need to remember to rely on Him for our provision and not rely on ourselves and remember that when God blesses us, God has stewarded that to us to use for His honor and glory. It says, with our food and raiment, therewith be content. Sure, God provides for us so that we can provide for our families. God provides for us so we can survive in this world and live a good, happy life. But God, I dare say, we've all been blessed way above beyond measure. We've been given so much above and beyond our need. And God has blessed us and given us so much so we can use that to help others. So we can use that to further the cause of Christ in this world. So we can reach others with the gospel of Christ. So we can do the Lord's work with the blessings He's given us. And we need to be content with what we have. And remember, all we have is a gift from God. And we must remember to be content with what we have. And remember it's all a gift from Him. But not only that, I believe we need to consider our lifestyle and be conscious of what God has. We need to be conscious of what God has. Now we've seen that everything we have is a gift from God and and we can be conscious of what God has realizing that in Psalm 50 it says God, he owns the wealth in every mine, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It says that that God, he owns the world and the fullness thereof. God owns everything. It's not just some things, it's not just the things he gives us. God owns it all. Everything in this world, in this universe is made and created by God. And it's a possession of God. And we can be conscious of what God has because He owns it all. And in, first, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, it says, All things were created by Him and for Him. And we see God, He created it all and it's all for Him. God owns it all. It's, it's not, well, He owns most of it or maybe just this world and not the rest of the universe. But no, God owns everything. And God owns it all and He gives us and provides for us and blesses us so that we can use that... For the furtherance of his work. So we can provide for our needs for sure. And use all the extra to provide for the needs of the church. To to further the gospel across this world. To to further the work of Christ in our world today. And we must remember to be content with what we have. and, And be conscious of what God has. And to consider our lifestyle and our conversation. And remember to be content with what we have. And not only that, I believe another key to being to learning contentment is to remember the confidence that we have in the Lord. To remember the confidence we have in the Lord. In verse 6 in the text it says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. We can have a confidence in the Lord and I believe we must realize two important truths in order to better understand this confidence that we have in the Lord. And I believe there's two important truths. I believe the first one, we need to realize God's power. It says in Revelation 19.6, The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. And we serve an omnipotent and an all-powerful God. This God that we serve, the, the one true God, He's not just some God that maybe has the power to help someone every once in a while. We don't, we don't have a God that most of the time can save, but we have a God that is omnipotent, that is all-powerful, that can always work, that is, can, can work over and above any, any problem that we might have. In Genesis 18, verse 14, it says, Is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee, according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. Now, here in this verse, it says, is anything too hard for the Lord? And then write down the, the, the verse, it says, and Sarah shall have a son. Now, Sarah was a 90-year-old woman. And I don't know about you, but that seems pretty hard to me. For a 90-year-old, 90-year-old woman to have a baby. I mean, you look around today, there's many people in their 20s and 30s that have a hard enough time having a kid. And then there's this 90-year-old woman that has a baby. And you think, well, is, is anything too hard for God? <laughs> if this lady can have a baby, I think God can do and provide for our needs. I think if God can do a work like that, then God can, can help us to get that job we need. Or God can provide our needs, whatever they might be. And our God is an all-powerful God that, that there's nothing too hard for Him. In Matthew nineteen twenty six, it says, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men... This is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And if you look at the context of this verse, Jesus Christ is talking about salvation. And and the men said, "How, how can we be saved? And Jesus Christ said, well, with men it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. We see, if God could save my soul, if God could forgive me of my sins, don't you think God could provide my need? Don't you think God could help me to, to get that job I need or, or to pay off that bill? or Don't you think God could provide for my needs if he could save my soul from an eternity in hell? Don't you think God could provide for our needs? If he could do the greatest work, the greatest miracle the world has ever seen in saving a soul like mine. Don't you think he could provide for our needs? Don't you think God could provide and bless above and beyond measure if he could do something like that? It is impossible with us. We, we can't provide for our own needs. But we must remember with, with God all things are possible. And we must realize God's power. And God's power in our lives to provide and, and doing so much more in our lives. But not only that, we can have a confidence in the Lord not only because we can see and realize God's power. But also we can have confidence in the Lord in realizing man's weakness. In realizing our weakness, our total inability to provide for our own needs. Sure, God will provide job, God, jobs. God will provide different things for our lives to, to, uh, to provide for our needs. But they're all gifts from God. God will work in our lives to help us provide for ourselves. But we must remember that it says in John fifteen five, For without me, ye can do nothing. For without me ye can do nothing. And we must realize our inability and our weakness to provide for ourselves. But you know what? Sometimes we go on in our own strength. Sometimes we, we try and do it ourselves. Sometimes we try and provide for ourselves and, and try and do it our own way. But the Bible says, and I've seen it so many times, that we will faint if we try and do it in and of our own strength. And if you turn it with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter number 40. And Isaiah chapter number 40 gives us a great passage on if we try and do things our own way, we'll fail every time, we'll faint, we'll we'll fall off, we won't make it, we won't be able to provide if we try and do it in and of our own strength. And in Isaiah chapter 40, and we'll start reading in verse... uh, 28. We'll start reading in verse 28, and it says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He hath given power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But... They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They that mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And we can see here, we can try and do it on our own strength, but even the youth, even those that are young and strong and seem like they have it all under control, when they do it in their own strength, they will faint. They will fall. They will fail. But they that wait on the Lord, those that rely on God, Those that wait and rely on God's power, they will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. And the Lord will renew our strength and help us and provide for our needs if we realize God's power. And we realize our weakness and our inability. And we must remember that when hard times come, we can't try and go off and do our own thing. We say, well, it doesn't seem like God's providing, so I'm just going to go off and do this. Or or I'm going to go and do this. We can't in hard times go off and try and do our own thing. But when hard times come, we we need to remember to not get desperate and try and do our own thing. But we need to get dependent on the Lord. We need to get dependent and get totally dependent on God to provide for our needs. And when it seems like things aren't coming together, things aren't working out the way we saw, the way, way we think. But when those things happen, we can't get desperate and try and do our own thing because we will faint and we will fail. But we must get dependent on God and search Him and seek after Him more and more and see God provide for our needs. And we must realize our confidence in the Lord that God is an all-powerful God and and we are a total unable person to provide for our own needs. But God will provide. God will work if we don't get desperate, but we get dependent on Him. So we need to consider our conversation. We need to realize the confidence we have in God. And thirdly, we need to uh, remember the Christians of the past. Remember the Christians of the past. In the text, in verse uh, thir- chapter 13, verse 7, it says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation." And I believe there, there's people we can see, people throughout the years, throughout the centuries, have struggled in the same areas we struggle with. There's no new thing under the sun. We've all struggled with these same problems. we all struggled with these same issues. But the Bible implores us to, to follow those that have gone before. God's helped them make it through. Why can't we look to them and see God provide the same way he worked in their lives? And, and we need to... Learn at least two aspects from their lives. See at least two products from their lives. And first off, we can see the product of their faith. It says whose faith follow. And we need to follow their faith and the kind of faith they had in their lives. And if we we practice that kind of faith, we'll see God provide and help us to be content in our lives. And uh, if you're there in the text, uh, I don't know if you are there or not, but Hebrews chapter 11, if you just go a chapter or two back, and in Hebrews chapter 11, many call that the, uh, the hall of faith or something like that, where it's, it's got all the different lists of just the, the men and women that were faithful, that, that just had the faith of God in their lives. And in Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 5, it says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And we see in this passage that Enoch, he sought and walked after God. He had a walk, a real time with God. He he, he spent time, grew in God, and, and grew to know him more. And as he walked with God, God translated him, God took him. He didn't die, God just took him into heaven. Because Enoch had a faith in God, that he knew that if he walked with God, God would provide and reward him for diligently seeking him. And we can see that God will provide our needs if we diligently seek after him, just as Enoch did. And if we have the faith to realize, if, if I'll just walk with God, if I'll just spend that time with God that I know I need to, then I know God will provide. I know God will answer. And that's how we can please God. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them, that diligently seek Him. And we need to have that walk with God. And remember and have that faith to know that God will provide for our needs if we just seek after Him. And in the very next verses, in verse 7, it says, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. And in verse 8, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should hereafter receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. Now, both of these men, Noah and Abraham, God told them to do something. Now, Noah, he didn't know what a flood was. He didn't know what rain was. He said, okay, God, it's going to rain. That's great. I don't know what that is, but okay, I I trust you, Lord. I'm going to follow you and obey you. And Abraham, God God said, Abraham, I want you to go to a land. I have promised you. And Abraham said, sure, I I don't know where it is, but I'm going to go. I'm just going to do what you ask. Both these men, they just obeyed God. They didn't see the end result. They didn't see it all the way. But God provided. They just had that faith to go forward, to take that first step, to continue on following and obeying the Lord. And that's the kind of faith we need in our lives. We know that sometimes it doesn't all make sense. It doesn't all seem like it's going to work out. But if we know God is leading us, we can have that assurance and faith knowing God will provide. God will work in our lives and do something special if we just have that faith, just like the men of old had. They had that true faith in God, realizing that God would provide. And God would do something special if we would just trust in Him and, and just have that faith that know, to know that God would provide. And we need to see and practice that product of faith that they have in their lives. Not only that, but... It says in the text, it says, Whose faith follow? Considering the end of their conversation. And we can see the product of their conversation, the product of the way they live their life. Now, one, one man I think of when, when I think of that, of considering the product of their conversation, I think of Joseph. <clears throat> now, this might not make sense as I go through it, but Joseph, he, he obeyed his father. He, he obeyed his father and went out and found his brothers. And because of it, he was sold into slavery. And then from there, he he ran from fornication. Because uh, Potiphar's wife was uh, was trying to seduce him and things, he he fled from that. And because he ran from that sin, he was thrown in jail. And then, there was a butler and and a baker there in jail. And he helped the butler get out of jail by by showing him the answer to his dream. and, And because of that, he was forgotten. And it just seemed like nothing was working out for Joseph. He, he was doing what was right. He was obeying his parents. He was, he was staying pure and, and he was helping others. And he was, he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. He was obeying God and, and serving others. But it seemed like every time problems happened. Every time he was punished it seemed like for it. But a few years after uh, helping the butler, God gave Pharaoh a dream. And because of that dream, Joseph came out of prison and, and told the interpretation of that dream. And because of that, Joseph became the second in command in all of Egypt, the, the, the world power at that time. And Joseph became the second most powerful man in the world because he just faithfully obeyed God. He, he was faithful to be content with what God had given him and obeyed. It didn't matter if, if good things happen or bad things happened. He just faithfully was content to obey God. And that's the kind of faith and obedience we need. We need to just be faithfully obedient to God. You know, good times will come. And you know what? Bad times are going to happen too. The Christian life isn't a promise of always of dancing through the lilies or whatever it is. God has said there's going to be hard times. There's going to be suffering in this world. But we need to just be faithfully obedient and we need to be content with what God has given us. If it's good or if it's bad. And just keep on obeying anyway. And God blessed. and blessed. I mean, to think of a man that was thrown in jail. To all of a sudden become the second in command in the entire world, basically. It's a work of God. It's a blessing from God because he was faithfully obedient. And God will bless us just the same if we're just faithfully obedient to God. To the good times and the bad. Then I think of Daniel. He refused to eat the king's meat. He refused to defile himself with sin. And because of that, God blessed him. And then another time, he refused to stop praying. He refused to stop praying to his God and spending time and growing in in a relationship with God. And because he wouldn't stop, he was thrown into a lion's den. Now, Daniel probably thought, well, I'm I'm probably going to die. I know I'm doing what I should do. I know I'm obeying God, and it doesn't matter what happens to me. He knew the consequences anyway, but he still obeyed God, and God saved him from the lion's den. And God will do the same thing in our lives. God will bless and work in amazing ways if we are just willing to be obedient to God, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the consequences. We need to be obedient to God, and God will bless and provide and help us to be content if we just are obedient to Him. And we consider the conversation, the lifestyle of men before us. Of how they are faithfully obedient. And we consider their faith, how they were just willing to trust God no matter what the circumstances. And then finally this evening, we not only need to consider our conversation and, and uh, remember the confidence we have in God and, and, not, and, and to remember the Christians of the past. But finally, we can remember and trust in the consistency of Christ. The consistency of Christ. In verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, and today, and forever. Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, and today, and forever. Our God is a consistent God. Our our God will not change. He, he, He will not falter. Our God is a consistent, unchanging God. And it seems like the world around us is constantly changing and falling apart. It seems like as soon as a good thing comes around, it just seems to drop off. It seems like whenever we're provided for, it just all falls apart. But we can remember we have one constant in our life. We, We might try and trust in our riches or trust in our job or trust in our house or trust in whatever it might be. But I'm sorry to say we can't trust in those things. We can't even trust in our own selves. But we can trust and be confident in one thing, and that one thing is Christ. We have a consistent Christ, a consistent God that we can trust in and have total faith that he will provide and work. And we can trust in Christ, and he's consistent in at least two ways. Christ is first consistent in that he is unchanging. It says, Jesus Christ the same. Jesus Christ is an unchanging God. In Malachi three six it says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Jesus Christ, He does not change. Our God does not falter, He doesn't change his mind every once in a while and stop providing for us here and there. But our God is an unchanging God. It says in James chapter one, verse seventeen, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness neither shadow of turning. And we see in this passage that our God, he doesn't change, he doesn't falter, he doesn't change mind, but we also see in this passage that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from that same God we serve. And that God that gives us every good gift and every perfect gift, that same God is an unchanging God. He won't change and stop providing for us all of a sudden because, well, he changed his mind. He's not going to stop providing for us when He's promised to provide all our needs. And God has promised to bless and to provide and work in amazing, miraculous ways if we just trust Him. And we can. We have a confidence in Him because He's consistent. Because He's unchanging. He won't change. He he won't falter. He won't fail us. Though everything else seems like it's failing around us. Though it seems everything around us we can't trust or rely or depend upon we can remember we have a God in heaven that does not change, that will provide, that will bless, that will do amazing things, and He won't change. He won't stop providing for us. Our God will provide and give us amazing blessings. And God, He will not stop providing for us. He will not change. He has promised to provide our needs. If God's promised it, it's as sure as done. If God has promised to provide for us, we have a confidence that no, he's not going to change. He's not going to change his mind. He's not going to all of a sudden decide not to to provide. But we have an unchanging God that will provide. And not only that, he's not only an unchanging God, but he is an eternal God. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And our God, he is an eternal God. In John 1, 1, it says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, before we were all created, God existed. It says in Revelation chapter 1 that Jesus Christ is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Before anything was, He was. And far after this world and everything is consumed, God is still there. For all of eternity, God has existed and will exist. I know many times (laughs) our minds can't fathom that. I try to think of that, that God has always existed. And it just it seems like my mind goes in circles and I can't quite grasp it. And you know what? Our God is above us. Our God is more powerful, more amazing than we can comprehend. And our God is an eternal God. And because God is eternal, He is in our future. Because God is eternal, He has already provided for our needs. Because God is not restrained by the time that we are restrained by. God isn't on whatever day it is, August twenty, I don't even know what day it is. Uh, it, God, God is not on some specific day. God is not at some specific time or hour. God is above time. God, God is above it all. And God, it says, God has provided our salvation before the foundations of the world. And it says that God, he's provided our needs before we ever had those needs. God has provided our needs because he is eternal. He's already in our future. He's already provided for those needs if we just follow after him. If we trust in him and stay faithful, God will provide all our needs. And we can be so confident that God will provide because he's eternal. He's already provided those needs. And we don't need to doubt. We don't need to worry. It's already done. It's already paid for. God has saved us. Before the foundation of the world, he he sent his son to die on the cross for us. And if he could do that, he can provide our needs. And we can remember that. In Psalm 115, verse 12, it says, The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. God is thinking of God. is knows all our needs. God's thinking on us. God knows every need we'll have. He knows every need we had in the past. He knows exactly where we're at today, and God will provide and God will work, and we just need to trust in Him and know and have a peace and assurance that God is consistent. He is unchanging and is and He is eternal. And then many times we think, well, you know what? It just seems like. I need that provision right now. It seems like I I can't go any farther without it. And sometimes we get stretched to the end of our rope. But I want you to remember this one truth. When God delays his provision in our lives, he is not denying that provision. When God delays to provide for us, he's not rejecting and denying that provision in our lives. But we need to remember that when God delays his provision... He is developing our lives. He's not denying our provision, but He's developing our lives to be more like Him. He's developing us to have a greater trust and dependence on God, to learn to obey Him and follow Him more. And God's delay is not a denial, but it's a development of our lives. He's developing and forming and molding us to be more like Him, to learn to depend on Him more, to trust Him more, to obey Him more. And if we remember that truth that When God delays provision, He's not denying it, but He's developing us. And He's forming us and making us to be more like Him. And we can remember that truth and be joyful in the fact that God is working in our life in such an amazing way. That God would spend time in molding us and forming us and wanting us to trust Him more. And we need to remember that God is developing our lives and He's not denying us. He's not not forsaking us, but He's developing us to be more like Him. Now I will admit, contentment is definitely not always easy. Especially in our world today. It seems like so many times in our life, it just seems like we need to be provided for. It seems like we just need that next thing and it's so hard to be content sometimes in our life. But, it is possible. We just need to remember our weakness and we need to rely on that omnipotent, all-powerful, that unchanging God we have. If we learn to forget ourselves and quit trying to do it ourselves, but rely on the omnipotent God, then we will have that peace and we will learn that contentment in our lives. I think the Apostle Paul puts it best. He learned this truth and he wrote about it in uh, Philippians chapter 4. And if you turn to this last passage with me in Philippians chapter (coughs) 4. In Philippians chapter 4, he he writes about how he learned contentment and that how we can be content as well. And in Philippians chapter 4 and We'll start in verse 11. and In Philippians 4.11 it says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I, I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ. Which strengtheneth me. The Apostle Paul, he he learned in whatsoever state he was to be content. He he had good times. He he had times where man he was provided for, and he had no worries. And then he also had times where it says he was shipwrecked, he was he was beaten, he was he was thrown in jail. He, he had times where it wasn't so good. But he learned that in whatever state he was in, in the good times and the bad, to be content. Because it says I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. It doesn't matter if we're in the good times or in the bad. God will strengthen us to be content in whatever state we're in. Because our God is an omnipotent God. That will provide for our needs and bless us and work in amazing ways. If we just rely on Him. Because like it says in John chapter 15, without Him we can do nothing. But like Paul wrote when he learned contentment, that he can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth him. Like Paul and so many others before us, let's learn and practice this contentment in our lives today. Let's pray. Dear only Father, Lord, we thank you so much for your word, and we thank you, Lord, for this truth that you are a faithful, omnipotent God that will provide for all our needs. You will help us to be content. You will help us to appreciate and love you more, and And uh, give to your work, Lord, and to walk after you in all of our lives, Lord. And help us to learn contentment and to just realize and and grasp this truth that, Lord, you will not fail us. You will provide. You've already done it, Lord. And Lord, help us to keep this truth uh, just ever ready in our minds. And we thank you for it. And we just pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.